You're with Julian on the Brown Note and Scott Morrison's amazing COVID catastrophe, his vaccine rollout. Now, Australia entered COVID with one of the most incompetent governments in the developed world, led by one of its most incompetent leaders, a guy that has never met any responsibility that wasn't someone else's who has absolutely no capacity for his job uh, or even taking responsibility for it. The only responsibility he takes is cash in the cheque. But Australia did really, really well. So how come? Well, we did really, really well for a number of very obvious reasons. For a start, we're a very remote country with a very low population density. More people live probably within 100 miles of the Brooklyn Bridge than live within 3,000 miles of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. These things, when it's a contact virus, are incredibly important. And as we're seeing now in places like India, population density is a thing. New Zealand, even remoter and with an even smaller population density than us, again did really, really well because we didn't have a huge amount of traffic from overseas bringing the virus in. Our cities are incredibly remote. We don't have 100 million people living within a few hours of Sydney. So it is a, it's a perfect storm of being able to contain it when it happens, and we had virtually no cases. It would seem that this was something that the federal government did, but when it did arise, it was the state governments that did all of the legwork. It had nothing to do with Scott Morrison, billionaire. He just took all of the credit on the world stage for apparently fighting COVID when we never had any breakouts here that were a serious number. Not when you're talking about 400,000 cases in one day in India. Um, We were very, very lucky to be geographically favoured and favoured by our long, sparse country having very few centres of population density and much stronger state leaders than we do federal. Um, he said he promised earlier in the year a set number of million people would have the, the vac- fully vaccinated by April, which obviously hasn't happened. It's been a debacle. Having last year promised to put Australia at the front of the global coronavirus vaccination queue, the federal government now finds itself under pressure over the pace of its vaccine rollout. Let's have a look at this pace of Scott Morrison, and this is something that he cannot evade responsibility for, even though he doesn't hold a dose, mate. Well, the number one in the world for full vaccination is an anomaly because it's Gibraltar, a a very unusual place. It's got 114% of the population vaccinated due to its unusual dynamics as far as who's actually there and who actually lives there. But the Seychelles at 65% fully vaccinated is regarded as the current world leader. Again, a very small environment. Israel, the number one for a major nation at 59%. Um, When we get down to the... But look at the United States. The United States has vaccinated 40% of its population. This is over, I think, 100 million people. In a country that was dominated by Donald Trump for four years... They've managed to put all that behind them and vaccinate 40% of their population, multiple times the entire population of this country. The United Kingdom, under blubbering Boris Johnson, that had a terrible outbreak per capita, probably worse than America, 
has already got 37% of its population fully vaccinated. Italy, another country that fared very, very badly, has got 20% fully vaccinated. And now we're going down the list. We've got France and Germany around 16 17%. And going down the list, uh, you come to places like Cambodia, a borderline third world country, 11% fully vaccinated. Brazil, a country of 180 million people with uh, some serious internal problems, 10%. Azerbaijan, recently in a war, 9%. Equatorial Guinea, that industrial powerhouse nation with its famous democracy, 5%. Our neighbours, New Zealand, 4%. Where's Australia in this list? Oh, here we are. Below Burma or Myanmar, a country currently in the midst of a crisis. A sandwich between them and Laos, a country even poorer than Cambodia, is Australia on 1.9%. One of the worst performances, not only in the developed world, but in the whole world. Mr. Morrison appears to have chosen for his vaccine comparison, where he said that we were doing great. Countries are, are amongst the most sluggish in the developed world. After 43 days, Australia's rate of 3.4 jabs per 100 people placed it in the eighth lowest in the developed world. It was also below the developed world's 6.2 jazz per 100 people average. But it's worth pointing out, he put the bank on a vaccine that requires two jabs weeks apart. 13 months into the COVID crisis, the states collectively get a strong B plus on virus containment. The federal government gets a D minus on its vaccine rollout. While the state's constitutionally responsible for most of the public health response, Scott Morrison's main role was to secure in advance sufficient international and domestic vaccine supply to do so from multiple vaccine developers to mitigate against the risks of individual vaccines failing and to organise in advance a distribution strategy that would get the vaccine to people as rapidly as possible. On this core responsibility, Morrison has failed. His strategy once again is a political one to blame others the states on delivery and the Europeans on supply. New Zealand, it should be pointed out, sought, I think, five different vaccines. However, five months after Morrison announced Australians were at the front of the queue for vaccination, our rollout is currently ranked 104th in the world, sandwiched between Lebanon and Bangladesh on these figures. This is a national disgrace. Early warnings that Australia should diversify its vaccine portfolio and avoid putting too many eggs in the AstraZeneca basket have been proven right. Who could have guessed? The truth is, we now have no vaccine strategy for half the country for this year. Many countries will probably finish rolling out their vaccines before millions of us even get our first shot. At the same time, Morrison should recognise his own hyperactive political messaging is eroding public confidence rather than boosting it. One lesson from the pandemic's first wave was that Many Australians felt far more reassured by straight talkers, Dan Andrews, than evasive ministers like Scott Morrison. Now, here's why this is so important. We look at Australia as having survived COVID with less cases than other countries. But now we're moving into a different phase. 
Other countries will be opening up fully because they're vaccinated. We will still be having shutdowns like the current one in Victoria because we won't be vaccinated. Our shutdowns, essentially, death aside, have as much of an economic impact on our country as a country with lots of deaths because we're essentially shutting everything down. This is going to go on for far longer because we haven't got a good strategy or amount of vaccines to get into the population. There are so many elements that he is responsible for, but the biggest impact that I said at the start of this whole thing, we won't get that many cases, but we will suffer very bad economically. Scott Morrison is uniquely responsible for the fact that we were in a recession by March 2019 after many years of liberal economic mismanagement, meaning that we were a much weaker economy going into COVID. We survived last year by socialism, by giving the public money. And it was proven to be very effective because 100% of that money went back into the economy. This is not the liberal way. They didn't like job seeker and job keeper. We found out, or we admitted that the dole was half as much money as any reasonable person could live on. I should know. It's terrifying. There is very little you can do in a city where a one-bedroom flat costs $500 a week when your total dole is $350 a week. It's frightening. So they doubled it, and for that, and they kept, and they paid people to stay in work. They paid companies to keep their employees. While all their businesses were shuttered, they paid people. They also allowed people, rather disgracefully, to access $20,000 of their superannuation. This is what's happened. All of that money went to the poorer part of the country, the people that would have been turfed out, unable to pay their rent. They could taper out what minimal savings they had and what money they had for that entire period with those extra funds to get through to now. That's why we didn't collapse and burn. All of that money is running out now. They've reduced the job keeper and job seeker. There's no more superannuation. All of that money went on other people's mortgages mainly and also into shops. All of that money's gone. It is very unlikely that people that needed that money will still have it. So they're back where they started. All of the businesses that kept all of those people in work are going to start laying people off. This is why it's now so important that Scott Morrison screwed up the vaccine rollout. We will continue to have lockdowns all of the time because we will have such a small percentage of the community fully vaccinated. And this is going to be the economic future for us. A recession-level economy that was dramatically boosted, ironically because of COVID, that did very well in the face of COVID for a year, now doesn't have those stimulus left. And a lot of businesses that were holding on for dear life because of the extra income that all of that put together provided will now be going to the wall and we will keep having these lockdowns because we won't have enough people vaccinated. This is the future for Australia. Our newspapers have lied to us about the state of our economy forever. It has been a shocking wall of liberal lies in the economy about how Australia is bouncing back. We have bounced back to a recession, whoop-de-doo. But Scott Morrison has been fundamental to so many elements of our failures here. His 
party and ethos were behind defunding our top science body, the CSIRO, which looks into these matters and formulates plans for or benefit the country, but their sciency and these right-wing whack jobs don't like science. He's got anti-vaxxers in his own party. He has people now like Craig Kelly who had to move to the crossbench but supports the Liberal government spouting stuff that gets him kicked off Facebook about anti-vaxxers, about trying to whip up as much of an opposition to being vaccinated as possible. He offers no support to the states. He uses it as a political football to attack the Labour states of Queensland and Victoria whenever he can. He leaves Gladys alone, but she and her side of things will be riling up against the federal response here. He defunded aged care and the quality of aged care went down. He, he wanted that to be more privatised. He was behind removing a lot of money from the aged care facilities. And now we find out that the federal government themselves, who look after aged care facilities, not the states, were allowing workers to move between sites or have just reopened this. He didn't source multiple vaccines like the New Zealand Prime Minister. He put all his eggs in one basket and told us this was a golden goose and failed to get it. Everything is at your door, ScoMo. And we will now be seeing what I said at the start. Won't be a lot of deaths, but the economic impact will be dramatic. In fact, the amount of extra suicides we'll probably have from people who will now be put on the street will far outweigh the amount of COVID deaths this country will ever have. Uh, this is Blind Faith. Can't find my way home from their eponymous and only...